Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Um, I've got a very special guest in with me today. We're recording here in the office, aka the gym. And I'm joined today by Chris Henderson. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. We've we've both literally just met and we've just been sitting here having a bit of a chat and um, I actually just stopped Chris and said, hold on to it and we'll, we'll talk about it on the show. So, um, Chris, first of all, I might get you to um, to tell the listeners a bit about yourself and then um, we'll get stuck in into today's show. I've got a heap of questions to ask you and um, I think the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of today's episode. Yeah, okay. So, I guess... Um, I'm here because of my involvement with the Richmond Footy Club. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, um, and so took about eight months to get treatment sort of under in under control, I guess you say. And then um, this year, I decided to go down and try out for uh, the Victorian Wheelchair Football League. They had a draft combine back in March, um, and so went down and, and had a bit of a crack. Jumped in a chair and had a crack and. Um, uh, yeah, so that's how I ended up here today, I guess. So when, when you got diagnosed, um, were you, like how soon did you get in the chair for the first time? No. Or was that literally just this year? Yeah, just this year. So when I was diagnosed, it took about five weeks for the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and I spent a few weeks in hospital because they were talking about other sorts of things. Um, and then diagnosed, and then it took about eight months for the treatment. So you sort of start medications and, that, and you're in hospital and stuff. Um, so about eight months. and. Before the treatment, I probably couldn't walk 40 metres. Um, and they were saying, you'll end up in a chair at some point in time. So get used to the chair thing. So that's, I was playing footy three months earlier. So that's a massive yeah. change or sort of culture shock, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, yeah, so literally they sort of, I knew the chair thing was a thing. Um, during one of my treatment sessions, I, you have sort of have three-day blocks in hospital. And I um, was Googling what MS means and it means I could be a Paralympian. So that made me think about how I could play sport. Yeah. Um, just as a concept. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then sort of evolved that the footy thing came up and I was like, I should go try out. So yeah, I walked into Burundara Sports Complex and they whacked me in a chair and their draft combine is all the same thing. So okay. it's, it's six hours of testing yeah. like they do at Marvel yeah, with yeah. the AFL boys. Yeah. Um, just, just all in a chair. Yeah, yeah, beep test, yeah. agility, yeah, right. wingspan, yeah, okay. twenty meter sprint. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, that's how it all works. How so. many? Um, so, how many years have you been playing football um, since you were a kid? Yeah, I've been. That? Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've played for forty odd years. I'm forty five now. So yeah, uh, yeah, forty odd years. I played as a kid, and I played all my life. I played all over Australia, and you know, for me, footy's been a, a real outlet for mates and making friends, and moving to different places, and. Um, so it's always been how I sort of, I don't know, have that outlet, I guess, for sport mm. and activity. And so it was two years ago, um, that was right, you got diagnosed? Yeah, the Sunday after Richmond won the grand final. Right, and so you, that's that's where we kind of um, stopped it before. So you were telling me a bit before about, um, I guess, before you got diagnosed and some of the symptoms and um, and then, I guess, like you just said, when you actually found out. So what was that whole kind of, I guess, process like and... And like I just said, what was it that led you to even go and get kind of checked in the first place? Yeah, so it was the Sunday after the grand final and I actually was going to go to footy training but because, and we lived in Pran and because uh, Swan Street was closed with everyone partying, 
I couldn't get through to Marcelin. I was playing at You were a Tigers fan? No, I'm a nah. Saints fan. Yeah. Sort of a Tigers yeah. man now. <laughs> it's a bit hard. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I couldn't. So I went for a run. I went for a 4 5 5K run around Faulkner Park. And I came home and my wife and I went for out for breakfast down South Yarra. And I walked back and I was like, oh, I've lost. My knee's gone really numb. It's weird. And over the next couple of weeks, that spread. So this numbness, it was almost like I had a cricket paddle or something. Like I couldn't feel my knee. And then that became my whole right leg, which became both my legs. And then... I couldn't walk out of my so still, car. Okay, so when they went numb, did you still have function? Were they still? I could I could do stuff, but I would literally, if I tried to walk ten meters, I'd come out in hives and I'd be so distressed and I'd be like, I can't walk. Like right. So and I was thinking it was, you know, when you sort of diagnose stuff, I was thinking oh, some sort of sciatica or something or yeah. something. Do the doctor Google and go and go yeah, on that's right, something like that. Yeah. So um, and then I went in on the Monday. I went in saw my footy club president, who's a GP, and. Um, yeah, Bernie said, I don't like this. He said, it looks neurological. He mentioned MS and a few other things as well, and I still wasn't too fussed about it. Yeah. Um, I'd stopped going at the Epworth on the way home for an MRI and um, CT scan, whatever, and uh, I never got out. Um, they said, yeah, they found some lesions, and they kept me in and found some lesions on my brain, and they found multiple lesions on my spine. And so then I think the next day I had a spinal tap, and 24 hours later they confirmed it. It was MS, so, and I'd probably been blissfully ignorant to what that was or what was even happening. Mm. Um, so, and I wasn't even prepared for the fact that it had been mentioned in passing by some of the neuros and, and my GP. Um, I was just thinking it was something minor, you know, like a physio or chiropractic adjustment, and you'll be fine, sort of thing. And so, when I got told what it was, it was a, um, a yeah, it was a pretty big shock to the big shock yeah so that you said like leading up to it or right before it you were struggling to walk and you had the numbness and stuff looking back at it now was there any earlier symptoms that at the time yeah didn't really phase you at all but now when you think about it you, you think oh shit that maybe that was something to do with it yeah so i have a relapsing remitting ms yeah and so two years earlier playing a game of footy my same knee went numb for about three or four months all right and so that was my first episode yeah. Which I just, and again, it was a minor, a mild one, um, but now I know what it is. Mm. So I knew, um, and now I know that it had happened before, um, but it lasted about three or four months. It lasted all summer, but I never thought anything of it. So, um, and it, it, the relapsing remitting means that you sort of have your relapses where um, the myelination happens where you get more damage to your spine or whatever, or to your brain. Yeah. So... Um, it just message it means that the signals getting down to your limbs or to your throat or to your arms or to your eyes is influenced by the myelination that's happened. So the damage to the spinal mm. cord or the damage to the to the neural pathways, whatever they're called. So yeah, and so you just touched on it then. But for those that are listening that don't that don't know what MS actually is, or I guess what the what it, what that actually means. Could you give us a kind of bit of a yeah? So the way it's explained to me was that with the, with your spinal cord and things, if you think about it like an electrical cord, where you've got your sort of um, plastic covering, if right you like, outside, yep. um, that's kind of um, broken or cracked or, or has come away, and so then that, that exposes the the spinal cord or the, whatever the, the neural pathway. So it's not that it doesn't work; it just means that the message doesn't get through. So my legs still work but my brain and my whole body thinks that my legs have stopped working. Mm. Um, I can actually choke on things when there's nothing in my mouth. I can, my brain thinks I'm choking, so I will gag like I'm choking. Um, 
And so that's the other thing for me is the choking. Um, but there's no, I'm not eating anything. I can be choking right. in the middle of my sleep. Okay. So my brain gets a signal that says, oh, you're choking. And so mm. you think you're choking when in yep. fact you're not. And so like um, you walked in, in here today, walked into the gym, walked in looking like you're walking absolutely fine. And obviously right now you're not choking. We're doing a podcast. So what happens when like when those signals do get weak or when they get disrupted or whatever and, and your legs aren't working as well or you do start choking or whatever, what can you do anything about that or you just have to just Yeah, the, the choking things not, that's bad. Um, yeah. that's happened a couple of times where I've like um, fainted and started fitting and stuff. Yeah. Um, the leg stuff's a little bit different. So you sort of get this thing happen where I'll fall. Um, so quite often I'll, I'll end up going to work and I'll have a crack in my eye or split in my head where I'll fall and then so I can't, I'll just fall. Like I'll just fall into something. And if sometimes the balance thing, if I'm leaning over, I can stumble sort of thing. I, yeah. I lose my ability to balance myself a bit. Okay. Um, so, and again, there's no rhyme or reason. Tired, if you're fatigued, that yeah. can sort of have more of an impact. With the, with the leg now, um, you sort of probably are able to manage it a little bit better because you can sort of, um, you just, I, I, you know your body a bit, so you sort of get, understand your new, new normal. Yeah. Um, and so I can sort of push through it a little bit. Again, I sort of, you know, now I'm, I won't go for a run, but I'll jump on the treadmill and I'll walk for, you know, 20 minutes and okay. stuff. And I'll know that I'll, I'll go as far as I can and I'll sort of put, put the cue in the rack sort of things. So. Yeah. So what are, the, I guess, the physical limitations now? Like, are you allowed to drive and stuff? Yeah, I am. So again, that that's some of that stuff. If if I had another relapse, those like so, um, someone once said to me, I've heard some great bits of advice about MS, and someone said to me, it's like you're playing a game of Jenga, but you're actually not sure when it's your turn and if anything's going to happen when you have your turn. So right. people can, and I've met people with MS who have been normal like me, and then they go to work, and that morning at tea time, they've had another an episode where they've had their the optic fibre in their eyes or something, they've become blind. And so right. that can be just that's today and that's what happens. So you're always mindful of that you don't know what's going to happen on any given day or something. Mm. Um, and you just hope that a, if it happens, it's minor and it can come back, but sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Um, so that's where you sort of have to learn to... And the other one, someone else said to me once that you've got to treat every day like you've got three blocks, a morning, an afternoon and a night. And with MS, you can only do two things. So one of the three has to be rest. Okay, um, right. Which I think, again, it's funny, this, uh, you hear so much stuff when you get diagnosed and I think those two things for me are probably the best example of what it is about sort of thing. Like you actually, you can still do most things okay. Yeah. I can't play any contact sports like footy or anything anymore because I'm not allowed to get any more knocks. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm allowed to play wheelchair footy. Yeah, awesome. And in terms of... The, where it's at at the moment, um, I, I guess you, you touched on a little bit then, like is there potential for it to continue to get worse or how, yeah, there how is. can you gauge so, that? So or? I reckon it's probably better to be diagnosed in 2019 than it is in 1979, for instance. I mm. think that the treatment these days, and I've had some treatment the first year that didn't really work for me, made me sicker. Um, my what, what, what is the treatment that they do for it? Oh, it's all sorts of different things. Yeah. So it's either tablets or it's IV treatments monthly, I'm now on a, an IV treatment every six months. Okay. So I go in for a day in, in the amazing people up at the Austin Hospital. They've got a really specialist MS clinic up there. Um, so I go in every six months for a top up. Yeah. About 10 hours on the IV. Right. Um, it's about a litre, I think, goes in. So um, 
and that's so that's you know every six months is pretty good mm. um you're pretty washed out for a couple of days afterwards but um that sort of and it, it suppresses your immune system a little bit so it means you are you're not too bad i guess you're sort of yeah so and for me it's i'm responding really well to that so um yeah i'm sort of my mobility my um ability to function is pretty good at the minute. Mm. And so after you got diagnosed, did you, how soon did you decide that you wanted to obviously stay active and stuff? Because by the sounds of it, you were active, very active before. Was there a period where you were just kind of like, fuck it all? Like we, I don't know, was there, after you got diagnosed, what was, what headspace were you in initially when you actually got out? Yeah, you're actually in a pretty, pretty dark headspace. Yeah. You're pretty in a pretty dark space. So, um, and it was funny, I was driving, we were living down at Torquay and we were driving home and um, I rang up SEN and they were actually launching AFLW and Wheelchair AFL. And so I got on the air and spoke to them around whether or not a bloke with MS could play Wheelchair AFL and um, Brendan from Collingwood, who I've become mates with now, um, was the guy on, on the air and he was like, absolutely, yeah, you can. He had, give me your name and number and we'll give you a call and we'll get you to come down and try out. And, um, so in answer to your question, I wasn't ready at that stage. It only been a couple of months after I'd been diagnosed. Mm. I hadn't told any mates yet or family. Like okay. I told some immediate family, but not lots of my friends. And so I wasn't ready to share that at that stage. I was still trying to process it all. So I never played the first year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you able to do any form of physical activity? Like we had, we able to no, get in the gym? Not, and, not for or, the first, nah. first, I reckon, until about June, July of yeah. the following year. I was, not, I was lucky if I could get to work. Okay. I was struggling to drive a manual car. Yeah. My legs were that bad. So okay. I had to drive with no shoes on because I couldn't touch the block. It was just I had that real numb sensation in my legs the whole time. Right. Yeah. And then so it was this year that you made the decision to go down and try out? Yeah. Or they go rang, to the drive combine? Yeah, they rang me and said, why don't you come and try out? Um, mm. Which I sort of said, um, my wife Holly said to me, you should go. You miss footy, you miss playing sports. And I'd probably started to put on a bit of weight and started to get a bit fat and a bit lazy. And so... I didn't, I didn't like that about me either, so I was kind of keen to, yeah. I'm, as I said, I'm 45, mate. So for me, this was also, I felt that I was maybe too old for some of this sort of stuff. I suspected they'd be all kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought well, there's no harm, and I thought it'd be pretty funny if, I, if a 45-year-old bloke gets drafted. So I went down and tried it out, yeah. And it turns out it was a pretty bloody good decision by, by the um, looking looking at the medals we've just been looking at before we started the podcast. So um, tell us about the year. So actually before you tell us about that, um, do you want to kind of explain like the actual rules of the game and, you know, what surface it's get, it gets played on and yeah, for those so that we, haven't kind of come across it before? Yeah, so wheelchair, it's called Victorian Wheelchair Football League. Um, so it's run by AFL Vic, Robert Rose Foundation and Disability Sport and Rec. Um, so it's based up at Burundara. Um, so there's the five teams, the five AFL teams at the moment. Uh, Richmond, Hawthorne, St Kilda, Collingwood and, and Essendon. Um, and so we play every every two weeks, every second Sunday effectively up there. Um, courts, it's on a basketball court obviously, um, five, five on a court at any given time. You wear sash, so there's two forwards, two backs and a ruckman. Yeah. Mid, sort of thing. Um, and the way it is, the simplest way to put it is a, a hand pass is a kick and underarm throws a hand pass. So okay. three metres is the sort of distance you can pass to someone. Um, and then you can shoot in the front two thirds. So yeah. having played footy in my life, I was a pretty good handball. <coughs> so I, when you um, shoot it, when you shoot it, where are we shooting it? What's it going through? Is it going goals, through a goalpost? Goals and yeah, goals and so points. same yeah, setup. Same, yeah, sweet. Yeah. <coughs> so it was a um, 
Yes, the same setup. So um, that's how it sits. It's four 10-minute quarters. Um, so, yeah, it's about it. Really. What's the physicality of it like? Is it... Yeah, it's it gets pretty rough? Yeah, Yeah, because I've, I've um, <coughs> got some, some mates that uh, play wheelchair basketball and I've come across kind of like wheelchair rugby and stuff and... Yeah, so we, watch some of that. We, we don't have control. wheelchair. We don't have wheelchair foot, uh, football wheelchairs. We actually use basketball or rugby, more yeah. basketball, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we crack in, and um, it's uh, I think rugby they call that murder ball or something. It's oh, a bit like that. So it's out of control. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I've come off, you know, and had <coughs> um, scratches and bruises, and you know, even trying to take a mark as a full forward, you're, um, you're getting smashed by the defenders, which is mm. kind of fun. I'm, I miss all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it'd be great for the um, <coughs> for the competitive side of things, anyway, and also just being in that team environment again. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and I think that's you know that's the part of it for me. I mean, I, the the part of the, the footy team sort of thing again was really cool. Um, we got boys and girls play it. That's the other cool thing about it. Um, so my teammates, you know, they knew that I could hand pass, but they all just helped me to be. Every night at training, we train Tuesdays and Fridays, and um, they're just working on my chair skills. So that the first couple of weeks, I wasn't even playing the main time, main team. I was playing in the development squad, like the reserves, effectively. Yeah. Um, so I think my first game was maybe around two or around three, and for the for the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come off the bench as an impact player. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and um, sounds like you did have a pretty good impact throughout the season. Um, End up winning the flag. Who'd you play in the grand final? Yeah, so last year, um, Richmond and Collingwood played in the grand final, the inaugural season, and Collingwood smashed us, smashed Richmond um, by about, I don't know, 10 or 11 goals last yeah. year. So this year, it was the same teams again. Yeah. Um, we finished up on top, so we were straight through to the granny. The other two, um, Essendon and Collingwood, played off for the other spot in the granny. Collingwood won that pretty easily, so then we, so it was a last year's grand final revisited. Yeah. And we ended up saluting by 14 points. So it was a, uh, a, yeah, it was unreal. It was the grand final itself was extraordinary. It was four or 500 people there. It was packed, sold That's out. Great. Um, Richmond was unbelievable. We had uh, Peggy came down. Peggy O'Neill was there, our president. Um, we had the mascots there. Our cheer, Richmond cheer squad was there. They had a banner for us. We That's rolled awesome. through a banner. Um, and I should, you know, Collingwood was similar. They had banner and Eddie was there as well. And um, So, you know, both teams, I think, would be probably... I think all the teams really embrace the, the whole concept, but I think Richmond and Collingwood are, are pretty good at being able to um, really get behind and support the, the wheelchair teams as well. So. Yeah, and then you personally had a, had a good season as well, so you, <laughs> you won the Jack Dyer medal for Tigers. Yeah, so the, um, the, yeah, so, um, the, the grand final, I, we scored, I think we scored nine goals and I scored a few of those. Um, so I won the Robert Rose Medal for the best on ground in the grand final. Yeah, right. In the grand final, so that was uh, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, the equivalent of the Norm Smith. Yeah, 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 the equivalent of the Norm Smith. And then uh, we had the Jack Dye Medal the other week, which was obviously Richmond's club best and fairest. And so um, yeah, they announced in our best and fairest for that year, which was luckily for me that was me as well. So I won the best and fairest for the for the side, which is pretty cool. And then um, last Wednesday night, which we were going to catch up, we couldn't yeah, yeah. do it unfortunately. Um, we had the league best and fairest, and then uh, the the team of the year, um, which was at a function last Wednesday night. And um, yeah, surprisingly, I I came home with a flurry and got up by a vote in the last round. So won the league best and fairest, and and one of the forwards for the team of the year as well. So absolutely <coughs> cleaned up. 
Not, yeah. a bad, not a bad first year. No, that's right. <laughs> not bad for a rookie. So That's great. Yeah. Unbelievable. So what's the plans moving forward? Obviously, you, I'm assuming you're probably keen to play again next season. Yeah, well, the funny thing is that you're not actually guaranteed your team. Only a couple get kept on each year. So Okay. Jeez, well, you would have thought you'd done, <coughs> you would have thought you'd done enough to maintain your spot next season, surely. Yeah, well, I think now I'm, yeah, I have been assured that I'm um, being kept on at Richmond. Yeah. So, they keep a couple of players, I think. Cool. So I'll stay with Richmond next year, which I'm excited by. Um, and then the rest of the players go back into the draft. So there's potentially another couple of teams joining the league next year. Cool. Um, one or two teams, potentially. So that's exciting. So I'll need to build teams out of that. So um, and I think that's around March. We've got the national champs in March as well. So the Victorian team that oh, yeah. I'm in as well. Um, take on South Australia, um, Tasmania, I think New South Wales. And there's also Defence Forces. Oh, yeah, as well, cool. So the yep. national chance. Yeah. So I think we've played. That's been for five years, and I think we've never won it. Um, South Australia runs a pretty strong program, and so they've won the last. Well, they've won all of them apparently. Right. So. And in terms of the abilities of the people in the teams, like what what's what's kind of the range? You know, um, obviously we've been talking about MS today. Um, <coughs> some of the other players, I'm assuming, uh, paraplegic. Um, you were even talking about a, a girl before. Which I don't think is there a female. Yeah, there is. There yeah. is female. Yeah, yeah. yeah. does we're she got, play? Two or three girls. Yeah. Girl, yeah. we're talking about before. Yeah. Do you want to just have a quick chat about? Yeah. So that we, you're allowed one able bod on the court at any given time. Okay. Um, and so that's obviously so you've limited in that way. Um, and we've got our teams a real. Um, we've got guys that have been literally um, born with disabilities, so they've they've known no different. Yeah. Um, we've had other. We've got other guys in our team who are have been injured be it car, workplace or you know, home injuries where they've actually damaged their spinal cords and other things like that. So um, so any disability is potentially... There's no classification at the moment, so that may change in time to make it more even, potentially. Yeah. Um, so... I know I think in uh, wheelchair basketball, yeah. there's like a point system. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those sort of teams have sort of similar... They, they grade them on sort of one to five and yeah. stuff, and so you're only allowed so many points on the court at any given time, time yeah. um, which is probably where this will end up. It's I think that's a little bit more complicated than certain than I know about. So, um, yeah, but anyway, so that's where it sits. You're like one able bod. We're, they're pretty inclusive about anyone can have a go. Mm. Um, and trust me, when, I, when you turn up in a wheelchair, which you've never been in before, and you, you're playing against people who have lived in wheelchairs all their lives, I'm amazed at the level of their talent. Like they can literally steer it with their hips, and just by twisting, I don't, I still don't know how they do it, but it's yeah. extraordinary that, that their speed and, and their um, ability to to um, to sort of steer it through traffic is extraordinary. So um, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not quite that good, but yeah, oh, you're good there, mate. Yeah, that's right. Um, what in terms of other sports, have you got any? I guess uh, is there any goals to to try hand it at anything else outside of football? Yeah, well, there is. Now I probably feel somewhat more comfortable in a chair and and knowing that that's probably where I end up in life, that that's probably something that I'd love to start to think about. So I mentioned before, a few of the boys are playing softball, um, tennis across the road. Uh, so I'm keen to have a crack, um, see if I can take on Dylan maybe yeah. at some point in the future. Dylan's coming on the show. Uh, he'll be on oh, he? next week's episode actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to come in and, and um, he can teach you some tricks and help you with some of the your, your skills in the chair. 
Yeah, I like it. Right, eh? Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, well, Chris, mate, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been it's been really good. I've I've definitely enjoyed it. I'm sure the listeners have got a lot out of it as well. And um, do you do you use any any social media platforms or anything where people can kind of keep up with what you're up to? Or yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, I do. So I'll let you, I'll give you that later. I'll have all those um, those uh, usernames and stuff in the show notes, guys. Um, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, which I'm sure you have, make sure you take a screenshot of um, the episode now and post it up on Instagram story for me. Tag myself and um, tag Chris. I'll have um, his socials in the in the show notes, as I said. And make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And I look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.